You're listening to a Monkey Buns production. Hello and welcome to Alfie Pod's Fantasy Footy FBL Weekly Edition, the show for football fans who love to geek out on the official Fantasy Premier League with a balance of stats, partisan opinions and football banter. My name is Alfie, I'm a live comedy entertainer, hip-hop gangster, of course, and unashamed Portsmouth supporter. Each week I'm joined by experienced FBL content writers from around the globe as they heroically lend me their skills and guide me through their tactical choices for the fixtures that lay ahead. On this episode we look ahead to Game Week 7 and Game Week 7 is tough to call. You could say it toit. So many questions that have been bouncing around my head this week, like given the weird, unsettled vibe at Old Trafford, are Man United in for a shock against Rafa's inform Everton. Jimenez scored his first goal of the season, with Wolves giving so much hope to FPL managers, but without reward. Is it too early to give up on the Wolves' big payout dream? And of course, as well as discussing the outcomes of many a game week seven fixture and where the points are going to be, there's a small matter of Liverpool versus Man City. Oh, get me some gravy. These questions are much, much more in our chatty football pie. Hello and welcome to the FPL Weekly. I am Alfie and I also have some wonderful guests with me. So please welcome to the show, calling for the Netherlands, a semi-pro footballer fresh from his visit to the Johan Cruyff Stadium to witness Ajax beat Beskatas 2-0 in the Champions League. Neil Mopar's biggest fan, who cut out met you, Jordi van der Laan. It's going great, Alfie. How are you? Thank you. For the listeners that don't understand Dutch, that was, how are you? <laughs> yeah, you pronounce it better than you pronounce Besiktas. Good. Yeah, I know. Besiktas. I can never say it. I can never say it. It's one of those football clubs I can't get right. But anyway, how was the game? Was it good fun? Oh, the first half was amazing. I mean, I could have been like uh, fourth, five nil ahead at halftime. And the uh, second half was a bit tame. I was also a bit overshadowed by the fact that uh, Besiktas fans threw fireworks in the stands with Ajax fans. So they had to evacuate one area on, uh, in the stadium. So that was, uh, yeah, that was a bit stupid. But mm. overall, 2-0 win. No, uh, no one wounded, so... Yeah. It's always good, isn't it? <laughs> so it's good. That's <laughs> what I look for in football games. A 2-0 win, no one's wounded. <laughs> uh, yeah. calling, calling from Dublin, fresh from throwing flares into Ajax fans. <laughs> uh, a man who's been stockpiling petrol, should anyone need it? It's seasoned FPL legend, Matt Kearney. How are you, Matt? How's <laughs> not too bad. Uh, how's your football life going? Uh, not not great. My, my FPL life isn't. It, my football life is probably better than my FPL life, and I have no football life, so yeah, that, it, that says a lot. Are there any teams you can go and watch actually nearby? Um, yeah, yeah. My local team were playing. Um, I didn't get down to it, but they were on the television here on Friday night, and uh, we um, our, our rivals are in fourth place. We're seven points behind them, uh, so we really needed a win, and uh, we lost at home to a ninety fourth minute own goal. So. Mm. I'm still recovering. I'm still recovering from that. Well, at least Swindon did well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also calling on the phone from Colombia, FBL writer, Spurs fan, and a man whose decision to leave the UK has proved to be more astute than any of his captaincy decisions. It's Will, <laughs> aka Top Marks. Any petrol problems, Will? Uh, no, no petrol problems in Colombia. 
Um, it's a shame actually UK is doing so bad because it affects me because of the exchange rate. So I, I like the UK to be doing well, have a good economy, and for it not to be <laughs> collapsing because then because then I'm because then I'm better off here. But to, to be fair, we we all kind of think that in the UK as well. We don't want it. To, we don't want total collapse. We're yeah, not you're, not, you're not. I'm not alone in that thought. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get round to football. But before we do that, let's have the game week roundup for the past game week we just had. Game week roundup. Man United's Bruno kicked off game week six by kicking his last minute penalty over Aston Villa's bar, resulting in a 1-0 home defeat, leaving Ronaldo sad slash happy slash sad and Ollie slightly confused as usual. Meanwhile, at Stamford Bridge, the other Manchester gave Chelsea a gut punch, laying down the law with Pep shouting, oh, I'm the daddy Randy. Everton continued their impressive start by winning comfortably against FBL heroes Norwich. Thanks, Norwich. The Hammers hammer some more misery on Leeds, who are yet to register winning in six games. And would you believe it, the original Big Chris almost snatches a late win against Leicester, who luckily had Jamie Vardy's goals to save them from Jamie Vardy's goal. Meanwhile, Watford, Newcastle's long start wasn't quite long enough as they played out a 1-1 draw. A draw certainly not as fun as the 3-3 that's bullied Trent draw played out by Brentford and Liverpool as Thomas Frank stamped his authority on the Premier League. Jimenez scored his first goal since his head fell off, resulting in a sneaky 1-0 win against the Saints. A last-minute goal was enough for Morpay to snatch a draw for Brighton in the A23 derby versus Crystal Palace. And Arsenal punished Spurs for being Spurs by unleashing their young guns who shoot them to a 3-1 victory, leaving Nuno to think he's close to death row after Smith Rowe sentenced him to yet another damning defeat. Kapow! Game Week Roundup. Okay, so Game Week 6 we just had. We're moving on to Game Week 7. Let's look at the scores. Uh, I racked up a, a tasty, I say tasty, doable 55 points. Jordi, another doable 51. Uh, both of us could have done a lot better, though, if it wasn't for certain last-minute goals. Matt, 47, squeaks it with a Jimmy goal. Uh, finally paid off. And Will, 46. Oh, no. You're, mate, I'm getting away from you, Will. You know that, don't you? Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lads. Right, you're going to have to help me out. I was on the lash in Manchester at the weekend because I went to watch the mighty Salford snatch a 2-2 draw against Northampton. My, that was fun. Uh, so I didn't get to watch any Saturday games. And the Sunday games, I don't really remember. So you're going to have to help me out. Uh, let's start five miles away from Salford at Old Trafford. The game I declined to go to although I wish I kind of had been there for that penalty, last-minute penalty miss. Man United versus Aston Villa. Jordi, at least we know now who the penalty taker for the Red Devils is, right? You mean like now or...? <laughs> well, I want to hear you say it. Who's the penalty taker Prior... for Man United now? Uh, Bruno Fernandes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Bruno, of course. Uh, uh... Yeah, so what, what are you going to say? No, no, like, you, want me to say, you want me to say that you were right and I'm yes. sorry. I, I don't no, know. I, you don't need to apologize. You don't listen, need to apologize. <laughs> Everyone is entitled to his own opinion. But, but do, you not, do you not think it kind of stinks of a, a gesture? It feels like... I no. think there's more it to it a, than just he's the penalty taker. I feel like it was a gesture. Yeah, the captain's not bad on. It's like an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer thing. I'm still not convinced long term whether it would be you, Bruno. Do you remember the, the comparison I made um, when I said, imagine if you're in the... Champions League semi-final. Yeah, and yeah. This was this was quite a decisive moment. Yeah, and he chose Bruno. And yeah, so and he skied it. Yes. <laughs> so now we still don't know who's going still to be know. next. To be fair, that was a bit of a surprise. You, just, I mean, you could have either of those guys take the penalty. It doesn't matter, does it really? Yeah, but he didn't take it like he normally and like he usually does. 
Do you think he felt the pressure because of Ronaldo? Do you think he felt like he had to do better because Ronaldo was there and somehow that, that got to him? Well, maybe uh, it's it's easy talk. Because Ronaldo didn't look happy. Like Pogba had to like talk Ronaldo away. Ronaldo wasn't like, you know, I, I know I'm not allowed to take this penalty, but I kind of want to take this penalty. It was kind of the yeah, feel of course. Of it's Ronaldo. If he, what he says will go eventually. You've missed one now, Bruno. That's it. You've had your chance. I love, I absolutely love the uh, the Martinez bit. Yeah, mate. Oh, I was yeah. about to say, how oh, good was man. that when he was telling, for those who don't know, Martinez was like saying, going up to Ronaldo saying, you take this one, mate. You take this yeah. one. Pointing at him like, come on. <laughs> so good. You don't have the balls to take it. <laughs> Martinez is brilliant. I love it because in the in the Copper America um, semi-final against Colombia, he wound, it was like ultimate sledging. He just wound the Colombians up so much in that penalty shootout in the semi-final. And the whole nation was just annoyed with him. And Argentines love him. You know, you know, he used to play for Arsenal, right? Yeah, I can like <laughs> uh, Now that he doesn't play for Arsenal, I can like him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was one of the worst transfer decisions ever made by Arsenal, other than Pep buying in yeah. Pepe, of course, for 75 million. So Man United, they face Everton next. Uh, Bruno, talking of Bruno, four goals, one assist in only three games against Everton. That's a goal on every Premier League fixture against the Toffees. Both teams currently sit fourth and fifth, respectively, both on 13 points. Man United, for their attacking qualities, have only scored one more goal in Everton. Everton, 12 goals in six matches. History tells us that United haven't beaten Everton at Old Trafford since a 2-1 win back in October 2018 when Jose was in charge. Oli's four Premier League games against Everton have only produced the one win, the rest being draws, and that came at Goodison. The last time these two fared off at the Theatre Dreams, we had a 3-3 draw. Notable goal scorers that day, Cavani, Bruno, Decore. Matt, are we all idiots for choosing Ronaldo over Jamie Vardy in the current unpredictable Oli climate? <laughs> well, I don't know about idiots. I mean, Ronaldo is Ronaldo, and you know it, he will he will continue to you know get points in. FPL. But Oli is Oli. That's what I will say. Oli is also Oli. Yeah, that that is a factor to take into consideration. No, but um, like like you said, historically this game can go go anyway. Everton have caused a few problems over the years. Um, I guess it, it probably comes down to injuries, uh, of course. Um, I think Maguire is out for United and there's a bit of a question mark over Luke Shaw. And then we don't know how Everton are with the likes of um, Richarlison. So w- the fitness of certain players might, might swing the balance for either team there. But I, I expect it to be a tight enough game. Interesting uh, that we're talking about Everton, of course. Decore, like we said last week, He's, um, you know, seems to be playing a bit more of an advanced position and, he, you know, he keeps delivering. So he's definitely one to look out for and uh, uh, the likes of Townsend and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, obviously Calvert-Leon is is out at the minute. It doesn't seem like he'll be back until after the international break at, at, at best. I, I certainly wouldn't be investing in Everton players for this game. If you have them already, I don't think there's any harm in playing them. I'd expect maybe a tight, a tight game, maybe a one-all game, even a draw. But yeah, that, that's kind of my dilemma with regards to Ronaldo because I've got a free transfer. Um, I'll be wildcarding next week. So I could take a punt on somebody like, you know, I don't know, Aubameyang, Vardy, Lukaku. Because I do think this game will be a little bit tight and I don't fancy myself captaining Ronaldo this week. Mm-hmm. But that, that might end up being, you know, a big mistake from me. Yeah, that is interesting. Because um, we, did we all captain Ronaldo last week? I did, yes. Yeah, Matt, you did. I did. You already did. Will, did you go Ronaldo in the end? Yeah, I pick whoever's going to blank, basically. That's how I 
Who would I cap? It's a really interesting question about who I cap. I don't know who I captain this week. I'd like to. I probably will captain Ronaldo because he probably will be the most popular. But but just because Salah's playing playing City, but Liverpool are looking so good. I mean, you could you could captain Salah as well. Lukaku against Southampton. Southampton are looking good. So captaincy, it's another tricky one, isn't it? But um, mm. probably Ronaldo. Hmm. Once bitten, twice shy, as the saying goes. So, Will, sticking with you, Edison Cavani. Okay, scored in every game against Everton in all competitions since his arrival last year, three and three. Uh, is there an argument to? Is there an argument he could be brought back into the side and perhaps be the differential alternative to Ronnie or even Antonio? Given that West Ham are facing a, a smart Brentford side. Yeah, I think Antonio was a good pick last week and he had, he had lots of good chances. Um, but Brentford, I was surprised, but I want to talk about that game. I was surprised that it was um, three all. I didn't think you'd get a three all game. Uh, I thought it'd be much, much closer, but maybe that's just because Liverpool are so attacking and so Brentford adapted how they played a bit. I don't know. I'd like to get some thoughts on that. So I don't know about Antonio. Cavani it feels like a risk. I mean, he's not a, he's not a certain starter. He, at the moment, he still feels like he's building up fitness. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick him in the starting eleven. So that, for that reason, I wouldn't consider him as a captain. Mm, fair enough. Man United thoughts, Jordi? Well, I, I don't think, I don't think uh, Cavani is a viable FPL pick. So he, he could start the, the Everton game, depending on who starts tonight. I think. But yeah, I think we are all expecting Ronaldo start anyway. So is there a universe where they play together? Possibly. But but in that universe, uh, I think there are too many wide players to miss out. So how is he going? How is Ole going to fit that in? He's what he was talking about uh, how he likes that that double pivot of uh, McTominay and Fred. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, so. saying it out loud just sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I did so, did Cavani uh, play play on the left when he came on? Against uh, against Villa. I haven't. Uh, to be honest, I haven't seen the. I haven't seen the second half. So I only watched the the bit when they got a pen. So, also sorry, just real quick, I want to get your guys' thoughts on on Greenwood as an asset. Do you think after the after scoring in the first three games back to back, do you think he's starting to tail off a little bit? Because uh, I'm I'm just a bit worried with players like Rafinha and uh, you know other players in that kind of six no. and a half million range and Sarah as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, if maybe Greenwood is a bit overpriced now in comparison. As long as he starts, I don't think he's overpriced. But the question is, will he continue to start? Mm. That's the main question, I think. Yeah, I mean, the, the move I did last week was, um, the one good move I did last week was Greenwood to Saar. Because I kind of felt that with Ronaldo arriving, that Greenwood, even if he is still starting, he's, still, he's just going to get less opportunities than he was getting before. Um, yeah. And he is still getting into the box. And the fixtures are about to turn for United anyway, so I wouldn't be. I, I definitely think players like Saar, Rafinha offer offer much better value. I think we should add, uh, with regards to Greenwood, that he was the, mo- the the main threat against Villa. I mean, he took eight shots and yeah, but he was yeah. incredibly selfish. I don't know if you watched the game, but he sh- he should have um, the amount of times he should have passed the ball, and his teammates were getting Fernandez was getting uh, Bruno was getting frustrated mm. with him, and it was it wasn't like I kind of felt like he hadn't had, had much sleep the night before because he also looked quite tired and he looks a bit. Um, <laughs> what you his mum? 
Is it was out on the lash or something? <laughs> I'm casting aspersions here. It's none of this is true. Was but, he out uh, with Phil Foden in the hotel room? Is yeah, what you're exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Basically, I don't think he looks at his. I don't think his decision making was great. I don't think his shooting was great. He took a lot of shots, but I think those. Are, I think that's a misleading stat this week if you look at the performance. Mm, I, I think because of his age, I think the plan is always with Greenwood is to give him game time, but then to give him rest as well and take him out of sight. And that could be on the horizon because he's not doing it at the moment but you know you never yeah. know against Everton it could it could click into place Ole did say that he'd have to talk about you know, players like Ronaldo who's older and Greenwood who's younger would have to have their minutes managed he did say that so if he's got any sort of you know power in that t- dressing room he, he might actually that might actually happen Your D. Crystal Palace versus Brighton that was Monday night football the A23 derby did not disappoint in terms of late drama. I mean, both of us, of course, back to Palace clean sheet. Perhaps a good horse to back in terms of home clean sheets for this season. But against this lesser team, they're coming up against this game week in game week seven. Are we thinking a clean sheet avoidance for both teams? I think it will be quite a similar game to what we've seen last Monday. But yeah, I'm still still a bit frustrated still about hurt. the losing. losing. Yeah, it still hurts. The losing their clean sheet. I don't, Often watch Monday night football, uh, except for when it includes a, a top six team or something like that, when it's uh, supposed to be an exciting game. But I watched this time and that was like, okay, five minutes of added time and watching the bonus. I uh, need one Guaida save, I think, f- from around the 17th minute. And he got it from an easy Duffy header, I think, after which he jumped in the bonus. So yeah, I was counting myself rich. Yeah, I was quite happy actually. And then... Yeah, the boss. I, I mean, uh, the thing I was wondering after the game, uh, when you get a free kick or a goal kick with one minute to go, why do you kick the goal kick in the center of the pitch? Why don't you hit it wide? It was a strange kick, wasn't it? Go, go to the corner. I mean, it's easy talk in hindsight, but it should be a common thing, right? And it was weird how when the ball came back, Mark Gahey, I'm not sure I'm saying his name right, who had yeah. an excellent game, by the way, he ducked his head out. The, it was really strange. The whole thing was really... It, do you know what it reminded me of? When you're playing FIFA and the computer decides to cheat against you in the last minute. <laughs> and you know it's happening because the commentators... What's the guy who does a commentary on FIFA? It's a guy I've never heard of. But anyway, they will say, oh, it's going down to the last minute. Maybe there's a little moment for a little bit of drama. And then the computer says, cheat button. <laughs> and then it goes. Uh, well, it certainly looked like it. Yeah, it yeah. definitely felt that way. So easy to say there may be that you're not backing Palace for a clean sheet this week against Leicester and the informed Vardy. Well, like I said, I, th- I think we'll see a similar game. Palace at home are a tough team to crack for the opposition side, I think. But that's that's the reason why I picked uh, Guaita. I mean, they have the easier games at home in which I see clean sheet potential and they have tough games away, like they played Liverpool and they play Arsenal City away next. So there I see save potential and possibly yeah, a hole if me I mean if he gets six saves and only concedes one or something like that. So he needed two more saves in Liverpool game for to get six points, I think. So that's the reason I picked him. But yeah, lesser at home is a is a harder game than uh, than than the games he will get after. So mm. I think it's it's another one one game or something like that. Exciting times. Uh well Saha, Will Saha, uh, he likes scoring against Leicester. Uh, 12 games, six goals throughout his career. Two in his last two against the Foxes. Uh, 
Plus, now it seems he's taken the mantle penalty taker off Milivojevic. Um, a good alternative to Jota or Greenwood, if anyone's thinking of shifting those guys out? I mean, the reason I'm not a huge fan of Sarr is that he, he never does well in the bonus points because he he attempts a lot of dribbles. This is the reason he doesn't do well. He attempts a lot of dribbles, a lot of take-ons, and he fails at a lot of them. And that basically gives him minus points and bonus points. So even if he does well, like, he, you know, he, he, what, he scored on... Um, he scored that penalty against uh, against Brighton, but still he wasn't in the bonus points even before um, Palace conceded. So he's got to do really well. Um, he's got to do, he's got to deliver big hauls, and he never tends to deliver big hauls. Like he never tends to score more than one or two in a game. Yeah, definitely good that he's now on penalties, uh, and he definitely is because Milivojevic was on the pitch when he took the penalty against um, against Brighton. But I'd still be more interested in, in the value posed by uh, offered by Gallagher because he, he was player who won the penalty. He's been he's been on the since his uh, debut in game week two. He's been involved in five of Palace's six goals. He's still the player I think is is offering better value than Zaha. Mm. It's interesting that you say that Wolf doesn't do well in the bonus points because this is that comes down to that conversation of bonus points through a mathematical equation versus football in real life and how people affect games because. He had a good game. He was he's always a threat, especially at home, Saha. Um Gallagher, obviously, like you said, I agree with you in terms of that. I just feel like at some point he's gonna get sent off away from home with those uh those trailing legs. And he, I mean he did well not to get sent off, I thought, in the game on Monday. Uh yeah. Matt, I'm gonna to come to you. Uh Talking of Brighton, a jubilant Brighton host a jubilant Arsenal. Uh, the Seagulls struggled to score against the Gunners last season. Have we seen anything to suggest that this game won't be anything but tight, tough to call, but ultimately fall into the favour of Arsenal? Arsenal are a bit of a tricky one to predict because I wasn't expecting them to do much against Tottenham and of course they came out and won 3-1. They're a bit, of a, a bit of a hard one to call at the minute now. Whether the Tottenham game was a bit of a one-off or not remains to be seen. So I will be looking towards the Brighton Arsenal game because their next five fixtures are fairly fairly decent. They've got three nice home games coming up. Um, I do see goals. I, I, I kind of see goals in the Brighton. Sea goals uh, or sea goals? Sea goals and sea goals. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but yeah, no. Um, it'd be interesting. I, I do think it'll be a, a bit of a spectacle game. Uh, FPL aside, I'll be looking forward to this game because Brighton seemed to have been very unlucky last year, of course, with their you know very high XG without getting the results. And this year they seem to be clicking a little bit more. They they seem the results they're getting seem to be a bit more you know re reflective of how they're how they're playing and how well they're doing. But of course, that doesn't actually mean that in, in FPL terms. So it, it's it's a difficult one because the points that don't seem to be coming from one particular player with Brighton. So it's hard to kind of pinpoint a, a bit of a talisman player. Likewise with Arsenal, the goals were kind of spread out. Saka, who I think you were thinking of selling last week, obviously came up with the goods, Alfie. Um, yeah. So he might be one He might be one that, you know, could do well again this week. I do think there will be chances for both teams and it might be a bit a difficult one to call in terms of result, but I, I could see maybe a 2-1 either way. Depending on who who turns up and fin and you know gets has their finishing boots on, I was jumping on the uh, on the Arsenal versus Spurs performance because I mean I mean we just gave it to them in the first half basically we just like we had no Nuno's I think I was talking about this last week he doesn't know what his best lineup is he's kind of we've seen different versions of Spurs in almost every match 
and he's still trying to figure them out. He's trying to figure out his players. He's trying to figure out the right system for them. And he started with, um, you know, with Ndombele. Ali was like, oh, Ali was just, <laughs> the problem I think is Kane, when Ali, when Kane wasn't playing, Deli Ali sort of had a role in the team. He could kind of drift into the box late and, and be in a sense, like a, a second striker, if you like. And he had and he had a nice role. Now that Kane's back, I kind of feel like he gets in the way of what Ali wants to do, especially the way he's playing now, because he drops deeper as well, and then also gets into the box. Ali just he was just anonymous in that first half, and and Dombele's not the greatest defensively, and Arsenal just kept finding spaces behind Dombele in that midfield. Um, so it was an obvious decision at half time, I thought, to take off Ali and put on Skip and give us a little bit more bite in the middle, give us a little bit of protection. Or well, someone just to play in the middle because there was no one in the middle. Yeah, quite frankly, yeah, because Oiberg can't do it all by himself. So that was a good move. But the fact that we made it so easy for them, the fact that we tried to play high up and then just left loads of spaces behind us so that they just had tons of freedom to run into. And I thought Arteta picked a good balance to the team. I thought dropping Pepe was probably a good idea. I think having the two mids, um, then the three that he did pick behind Aubameyang were very good. And they exploited the space well. I mean, they did slightly overperform, but we, we made it so easy for them. And you've got to think Brighton won't do that. Brighton aren't that, aren't that stupid, if you like. Not that naive to give that much space in the middle of the park. They, they could possibly do well because they were missing Basuma last Monday. And it showed, I think. So if Bissouma misses out again, it could bode well for Arsenal. Because yeah. I, I thought, especially the first half, Crystal Palace were far far the better side. And due to their pressing, yeah, I think Brighton couldn't get out of their own half. So It's true. I mean, that's also a good point. I mean, Brighton haven't impressed as much as we thought that they would do this season. They haven't kind of, they're not that quite as solid as we expected them to be. But still, I don't expect them to be quite that open. FBL Weekly. Brought to you by me, Alfie. On Alfie Pod's Fantasy Footy. Chatty Football Pie. So moving on, uh, Southampton versus Wolves was the game on Sunday, of course. So Jimmy scored a goal, uh, a really good goal that absolutely defined the term match winner for me. Wolves are a slightly confusing team and, of course, face another rather confusing team in the shape of Newcastle in game week seven. I think I'm right in saying that of late, Newcastle have offered more of an attacking threat, but they do like to concede chances. So, Will, we've all seemed to have backed Wolves to explode at some point, but that firework didn't quite go off. Do we return to that firework or do we risk blowing our faces off again? I think, for instance, if Semedo had scored, Semedo had a really great chance to score against Southampton. I think if he'd scored, we'd all be jumping on Wolves again, and especially the fullbacks. Um, I think what was also interesting about that game was uh, Saar, goalkeeper, could have had two assists. He had the assist for, mm. for the first him and his goal, and then he could have had another one later on. I thought that was a really interesting tactic, and it really highlights him to me as a goalkeeper. If, if they're going to try and play that long ball um, against, and perhaps maybe it was you know against Southampton who liked to push a bit higher, um, it was a more valid tactic. But if that's going to be part of their part of their armory, then he makes that's a really interesting shout. What do I think? I think, yeah, I think they can beat Newcastle. It's interesting. He was, again, mixing up. He put Traore on the bench. He put brought Podence in. What Wolves are really good at, and what he's trying to do is create a huge volume of chances. He's got a really good attacking threat, and that's what we were all excited about. We're all like, Wolves, they've got fantastic stats. They're doing really well. 
And he just now needs to make sure they can start finishing those chances. And I think we probably will see that happen. Especially, and Newcastle's a great game for them to go into now because they will get chances. I can definitely see him and Ez being on the score sheet again this week. Interesting enough, um, Wolves did lose this fixture at the Monument last season uh, in terms of 2-0 victory for Newcastle. Matt, you of course own Jimenez. Um, do you see that goal as a catalyst for him to go on a goal-scoring run moving forward? Um, yeah, I, I hope so because I haven't looked at him from the last week or two. Um, you know, he looked very rusty. Um, he did have a few chances. He had a, a head of chance last week that he he put wide. And then again, this week, I watched the first half thinking, you know, he still doesn't look great. I can't see him scoring. And obviously a little bit of brilliance, a great ball up from the goalkeeper and some great footwork and control to, you know, to, and I'll put it away. So I'm hoping that his confidence gets a big boost from that goal. Um, you know, I think confidence can do wonders for players. Um, and yeah, he, he's definitely still got the fixtures. They've got they've got some nice ones coming up. Obviously, a few of them are away, like the likes of the Villa game and Leeds. Uh, but, you know, if, if they find, if, if they can keep converting these chances, you know, the, the points should be there. A home game against Newcastle, I'm definitely looking forward to this. Like we said, uh, you know, Newcastle are conceding chances and... Uh, I, I definitely think I definitely think there'll be a few chances for Jimenez. It all depends on whether we can put them away. So hang on. So are you because you got a wild card up your sleeve soon? Does that mean you're hanging yeah. on to him, or are you looking to shift him? Um, I'm going to hang on to him even when I wild card because, um, like I said, Wolves have some decent fixtures up until around game week 14, uh, and then they they start to get a bit tricky. So um, yeah, they, when a wild card, there there probably will be about five or six players I'm, I'm expecting to hold on to, um, but the ones that I do get rid of, you know, it, it will greatly change the structure there. But I, if Jimenez keeps on scoring, or well, you know, if he can score against Newcastle and get a bit of a run going, he's a player that I'd like to keep because we know that once he got, gets a bit of a run going, he can continue it for a while. Yeah, it's just interesting to see how the players around them are going to fare out because I do think he needs that supply. Um, obviously, Traore was benched last game and I have to be honest, I was a little bit relieved to see him on the bench. I know he's very good at going forward, but hmm. I think they did just the final product and the the, the, the you know um, last ball in the final tour just hadn't been there. But then after seeing how uh, Podence or Podence uh, played, I was, I was crying out for Traore to come on at halftime because... There was a lot of misplaced passes and just a lot of sloppiness. So probably a little bit relieved and a little bit lucky to get a goal from, from Jimenez because apart from that chance, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Um, and especially since the previous week, Southampton had just kept a clean sheet at the Etihad. So, you know, they, they had shown signs of tightening things up at the back. So, yeah, um, I, I do think Newcastle will be a different game altogether. I'm expecting uh, Wolves to score at least two goals easily enough again, providing that the players show up and the supply is there. So uh, a clean sheet, possibly. Um, of course, St. Maximan is on form. He's He's been creating some good chances. That'll be an interesting matchup um, for whoever's going to be marking him on the day. Yeah, my other thoughts from uh, from that game was, yeah, apart from Semedo having a shot in the box, also Livramento had a shot in the box and yeah. um, could have scored. And I think that he's just offering such good value at the moment. Um, yeah, and I really think um, he could even become a, he could even become a, a member of the starting eleven if like if you wanted to go towards like a heavy premium team. I don't see any problem with with, uh, with starting Livermento. Well, that's that's yeah. what I've got. Will actually, to be honest, that's what I've gone for already. It's because you're a genius, Alfie. No, it's not. <laughs> that's not why I'm a genius. 
the uh, it's the drugs. That's why I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alfie, so you're starting Livramento now. I wait is Chelsea. Ah, just because I just think, why not? I, I just don't want to miss that goal. And I don't want to miss that clean sheet. So I'm going for it. Uh, yeah, I would have played Livramento away to Chelsea. No, I'm not I playing mean... him away to Chelsea. Don't worry, I'm not doing it. I'm not that stupid. He, he will be up for the game. <laughs> I mean, against his old club, he might feel he has a bit, a bit of a point to prove. But you know, um, and Southampton, know. Southampton got a clean sheet against City. Yeah. So stranger things have happened. Jordi, are Wolves really that different in terms of FBL prospect from last season? Or are they just Wolves again? Well, I think they're certainly different uh, as the numbers back up. I mean, last last season, I think they averaged about around just one goal per game on expected metrics. So... That's not so. Uh, that's not so Wolsey. Um, I think they're doing. They have been doing better this season. Just hasn't showed up in the in the actual results yet. So I think uh, Jimenez is a good pick, especially after the goal, because I know that a single goal can be a really a confidence boost for strikers. Yeah, I would love to have Jimenez on my team, but I don't think I can fit him in. Um, and I own both uh, both the fullbacks. Marcel and Semedo, but I don't necessarily think that their upcoming fixtures are good from a defensive point of view. I know they have been putting up good fixture, uh, good uh, good numbers, but after Newcastle, I think they got a couple of pretty games of a uh, pretty uh, tough games from a defensive point of view. I mean, Villa are a bit on, on the up now. They won away to uh, United. They played very well away to away uh, to Chelsea. Uh, then it's Leeds away. And Leeds, yeah, Leeds are still Leeds and they, they <laughs> score against anyone, but they also lose against anyone. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm looking to to get rid of both uh, both the Wolves defenders for uh, two premium defenders, but I'm not sure yet. Well, go on. No, as I say, you already um, touched on Aston Villa and I felt, again, I was quite unlucky not to get any returns from Watkins and I feel Villa yeah. are just looking really good. Um, I suppose one decision I could do is change Watkins to, to Jimenez. But I think Watkins is going to be good, isn't he? Well, hang on. They're playing Spurs, Villa, aren't they? So keep him in. Yeah. I'll definitely keep him in. And Wolves after. Yeah. Maybe be mad not to keep him in against Spurs. Oh, uh, well, Wolves, Wolves are a decent defensive side. Yeah, Wolves, Tottenham are just a mess. I mean, I don't even really want to talk about it. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we don't need but, to talk about it anymore. Yeah, good. But... um. But yeah, Watkins, I, I, I just feel I've been unlucky with him. I think he's looking really good in the two. The other player, I think, from Villa who's looking really good is Matty Cash. I think he's looking, uh, pardon the pun, but excellent value for money. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're good. They're good. Villa are a good side. They're a good I'm side. Really they just beat Man United at Old Trafford. And uh, you, you feel that Watkins' goal is coming, for sure. And if anything, it can come against Spurs. And what about Matty Cash, everyone? Would you is he on your on your radar? Well, I added him to my watch list, Will, but uh again, like with uh, like with Wolverhampton, I think the Villa fixtures, the upcoming fixtures are not necessarily good from a defensive point of view. And Don't and worry. Cash is still a five point nil defender, so I think so the, keep, the, keep keep the cash in your pocket is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Or <laughs> the attic, cash in the attic. Good point, good point. Oh yeah, you could put it in the attic. There's yeah. there's there's however another <laughs> another Villa player who could be a good pick is Douglas Luis. Yeah, very good player. Four point five. Four point five, yeah. Yeah. Well you say that, but you should have picked Sean Longstaff. 
like I said. <laughs> that was really crazy when you when you said it last week. I was like, "Why Longstaff?" I mean, and then he scored a screamer. Yeah, I tell you why. Because when I watched Newcastle for a four point five, this isn't by any way. I'm not like out going out my way to get Sean Longstaff in my team, but those four point five options. Uh, he feels at the moment because remember a couple of seasons ago he was really putting that sign. And when I watched Newcastle, he was quite integral to the lot of their play, and he did. He does get in and around the box. So. Compared to him, Sissoko, I'd be I'd be erring on the side of long stuff. But then again, it's Newcastle. I mean, what the hell? Why would you go there? Anyway, right, enough about this. Let's talk the big game on Super Sunday. Liverpool versus Man City. Will, I'm going to come to you first. Liverpool, obviously, on the back of that 3-3 draw against Brentford, we've, we've touched upon already. Is there a case to be swapping... Maybe Salah out for Bruno this game week, given that Liverpool do face Man City. Or is the form of Salah just too goddamn delicious and too impenetrable? Yeah, you keep Salah. He's played, he's, he's in incredibly good form. He's having his best start to a season in FPL level. He's having the stats back him up. As Jordi was saying last week, eye test wise, he's getting into the good positions. He's he's not quite so much. I think Matt was saying it too. He's not quite so much on the left. So um, you 100% keep Salah. Man City, I watched a bit of um, their game against PSG yesterday and they just lack ideas. It was, I mean, Grealish was getting frustrated. He just like literally, can you come outside your man ever? No, he just no. always cuts his All he did was kept passing it inside. I mean, what's the point of spending 100 million on him if that's what you're going to do? Exactly. It was, yeah, he's, he's either been missed. He either needs to play deeper, like in the Bernardo Silva role, where he can kind of run at players more from deep and kind of have more of a you know, go one way or the other. But he's not effective in that in that winger role for, for City. Foden was so much better when he came on. Anyway, City still, basically, they seem to lack... They took a lot of shots. The XG was OK, but they seemed to lack ideas. They, they couldn't work out how to get through this uh, Pochettino PSG side. I wouldn't sell Salah. I think, I think you know, I fancy Liverpool to win this. I'm not impressed. Although City have been... You know they have a good solid shape and all this kind of stuff. I'm not I'm not hugely impressed with them at the moment. He's got good scoring stats against City as well, Salah, which I don't have to hand. But then again, Salah's got good scoring stats against every team in the Premier League. Jordi, is it? Uh, it would be easy to think that Anfield would be the deciding factor for this fixture, but of course last, but of course I'm getting to it. But of course last season, Pep's lads travelled to Merseyside and came away with a four-one win. What are we thinking? Well, I think it will be um, quite a goal fest, actually. I don't know why. I, I got that feeling that, it, uh, like Will said, Salah is in real, really good form. Liverpool attacking-wise are really good this season. I think they've been scoring like three-plus goals almost every game. And City are, are putting up good numbers as well. So I, I don't see Liverpool as a as a solid defensive side, to be honest. So Anfield might, might even be the deciding factor and Liverpool might get away with a... Two or three, one victory. Okay. So, uh, Matt, then, with all the focus on forward players, we're talking about forward players, we're talking about Salah, we're talking about Grealish and all these things. Is it likely this could be a cagey affair, as opposed to what Jordi says, uh, with a winner from an unlikely source, maybe a centre-back, Matip, VVD, Deus? No, it, it could be. I, I'd If I was putting money on it, I'd, I'd expect more of a goal fest than a tight game. I think teams that counter, you know, that can hit on the break very quickly, you know, cause a bit of problems for City with the way they play so high up the pitch and, you know, 
uh, saturating all the possession. We've seen it against uh, Tottenham in game week one. Uh, Leicester, they had to really, really, you know, struggle to get a result there. Even Chelsea, kind of first half, Chelsea weren't great, but once they went down, you know, they, they caused a few problems on the break. Um, so I think Liverpool are a team that can do that very, very well. Um, you know, you've got Salamana and Jota there who can who can counter really, really quickly. So yeah, I am expecting them to do well. I might even captain Salah. Well, I was going to say we've not discussed this. I mean, if if we're also sure he's got a good scoring record and he's likely to score against City, then why not captain him? Like I don't see why you wouldn't. I mean, he's in such good form that look, why wouldn't you? You know that kind of way. I know it's Man City, but Liverpool and Anfield. You know, especially City come on the back of a of a two 0 loss to PSG. I know the PSG. It's not like they've lost to you know whatever a relegation team, but I, I do think there's going to be goals in this game. I think Salah's going to be involved. Um, I, I I don't I don't see it being a kind of a mirror image of the Chelsea. You know, people say you know, oh, City can't afford to kind of get a draw against Chelsea. They really have to make a statement. But I thought that was a very bad approach from Chelsea. They just didn't seem, I don't know, there was something about the way Chelsea approached the game. It didn't just seem, it kind of played into City's hands and gave them a bit more hope as the game went on. But I don't think Liverpool are going to give City those opportunities. They're going to be pressing hard. It will be a bit more difficult without Trent, of course. Um, I'd imagine maybe what Gomez might come in there. And of course, he, he is a very different player to Trent um, going forward and stuff. And, and, and at right back, he... I think there was a game or two, maybe last season or the season before, where he did kind of struggle at right back a little bit. So um, it w- it will be interesting to see how he does or whoever plays right back w- will fare against Grealish and the likes. Um, but yeah, I find it very hard not to see Liverpool getting a win here and uh, the, the likelihood of Salah being involved if they do score maybe two goals is pretty high. So that, that's what I think. That's what I get uh, from this game anyway. Thank you for joining us on this week's show. Uh, it appears all roads lead to a Salah captaincy. Of course, if you're looking for anything extra, you could go Burnley, go Chris Wood, or even go crazy, James Tarkovsky. Header from a corner. Bosh. Yes, good luck in Game Week 7 to you all. We'll speak to you next week. If you do want to f- hear more from the boys and follow them on Twitter, you can find their Twitter handle in the episode blurb. You can find my one in there as well, at FF. Good luck. See you soon on the other side. Have fun. Please.